a lot of things do work, but why deviate? Just stay on the plan, stay on course. I always talk about how moderation kills momentum. And so if you are on that plan and that path and you start to deviate and you have a little moderate this or that, well, that's going to open up the doorway to so much more. And, and it'll take you off your path. And then you go to that next plan because you assume that that other plan didn't work when really it was you that wasn't working the plan. This podcast is brought to you by King's Council Coaching. The mission of the King's Council is to help you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. In order to leave a legacy, you need to live your legacy of excellence through the five power pillars, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and financial. Now, our programs are specifically designed to give you the blueprint and strategies that you need to gain an edge in the most important areas of your life. If you're an entrepreneur ready to upgrade your finances and align yourself with other powerful kingdom-minded men and women, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com to start your legacy of excellence today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Chosen Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Spittler, Director of Member Relationships here at the King's Council. And today we have Wendy Pett on here. Wendy is fitness, wellness expert, naturopath, wife, mom, creator of Visibly Fit Health and Wellness, a whole list of other things that I could probably uh, list off here. But uh, Wendy, such an honor to have you on the show today. It is just an honor to be here. So thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I have the best job in the world because I get to sit with amazing people like yourself. And really the goal with this podcast is to highlight people within the King's Council coaching program. And so really my aim for today is we want to get to know you. We want to hear your story. And I know with all the different experiences that you've had that you're going to have so much value to offer to our listeners. So no pressure. No pressure, uh, Caleb. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Can you remind me, how did you actually hear about King's Council and what drew you to it? Well, actually, my husband was drawn to it first, and he enticed me to come to a meeting, to a a CEO event. Um, And I thought, ah, we don't have time for not just one more thing on our plate. Are you kidding? (laughs) And so he's like, oh, come, you'll just love it. So I, I went and I was just kind of, you know, just trying to be a fly on the wall, just take it all in. And I really loved it. Like I, and in fact, I feel like, weren't we sitting at the table with we you? We were, we were, we <laughs> sat think, at the same so, table and exactly, we both had the same Kayla. perspective where we both were like, I don't know what this is all about. We were just kind of <laughs> sitting in the back row together. Yep. Yeah. So that was my first taste of King's Council and Um, I really enjoyed the event. I thought, well, there's a lot of dudes in here. I don't know if this is for me. And um, anyway, my husband and I, we started talking and realized that this would be a great thing for us to do together and um, realized that we were in a like-minded, and when I say like-minded, I mean, we all have different uh, viewpoints as far as, but I'm talking uh, Christ-centered 
um, yes. space that we could grow together within our calling that God has for us, but but be in a place where we would be elevating one another. And it's just, it was so refreshing, honestly, if you want to know the truth. So um, that was my first kind of taste was sitting at the table with you and, and my husband, you know, enticing me to, to come to that first meeting. And then we just kind of took it from there. And it's been really rewarding. I love it. Yeah. And it was, it's been so fun for me getting to know you and your stud of a husband as well. I can't wait to have him <laughs> he on the is podcast. <laughs> he is, he is. How long have you two been married? Well, let's see, uh, 13 and a half. No, wait, hold on, hold on. That's No, we've been together 14 and a half years, but we've been married a little over eight years. So okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, have him on the podcast here soon. Really want to jump into your story a little bit. So why don't you just give me some kind of background? Tell us a little bit of, of who you are and, and some of the things that have shaped your life. Well, I grew up in Texas. I'm a Texas girl at heart, uh, but I've been in Minnesota for 24, almost 25 years, but my family all lives in Texas. And I've always been a student of physical culture, meaning I was uh, teaching step aerobics and that kind of thing with, you know, when headbands and leg warmers were cool back in the day. And so (laughs) I've always, again, been a student of of physical culture. I used to teach dance and it's just kind of always been in my wheelhouse. And back in, well, it's been 20 years ago, I was in a snowmobile accident. Remember I said I've been in Minnesota for 24 years. So I was in Minnesota with some friends and we were out on a trail and I was going about 55 miles an hour and I hit a big chunk of ice on the trail and got off of the trail and I couldn't regain composure to get back on the trail. And I ended up hitting a snow covered culvert going 55 miles an hour. And so I went flying through the sled, uh, the the shield, uh, windshield of the sled, and I hit a tree. And um, I was out cold. Uh, it seemed like a long time, but I'm sure it was just a few seconds. But basically what happened is I tore a bunch of shoulder muscles and broke my clavicle and um, had a concussion and that kind of thing. But had I just hit you know, an inch or two over, I might not be here today. And I believe sometimes wow. that quote unquote accidents aren't necessarily accidents. They're attention getters. And we can either choose to become bitter or better about the situation. And um, I really chose to become better. And I started rehabbing my shoulder where the orthopedic surgeon wanted me to have surgery on my shoulder. And I started rehabbing it naturally. I was able to heal my body naturally. And honestly, um, the orthopedic surgeon was shocked. Uh, It took a little bit longer. I mean, it's not going to be that instant quick fix kind of a thing, but it took about three months, but I did rehab my shoulder and it's full functionality. It was great. And honestly, God just kind of opened the doors from there on out. I was working at a Christian publisher. Um, I was doing different things. So I wrote a book. I mean, like all kinds of started things started to kind of play out and God kept opening up doors for me to speak and uh, have a nationally syndicated television show and a podcast. And, and the list goes on um, all because of this quote unquote accident. And so when we decide to um, make the most out of, of, of what we have uh, that's going on in our life, God can use it for greater and for good. And so I've just been blessed to be doing what I've been doing for 20 years and helping women in particular really get healthy and well in mind, body, and spirit. Wow. Well, that is incredible. Now, you said that when we face a trial, we can really choose to become bitter or better. 
What was that process like for you? I mean, was that something that was just innate to your attitude? Was it, you know, next day you immediately felt like I'm going to take this on or was it more of a process for you? Uh, I think it was a combination, but I'm, I'm kind of a tough cookie in the sense of I'm, I'm all about there's got to be a solution. There's got to be a way to get get through this, right? And so I was just persevering. And um, and so I was able to see through the disciplines and the ways in which I was rehabbing my shoulder. And part of those are through the exercises I teach today. And that's how I was able to heal my body. And then I was like, wow, through that discipline and that perseverance, my body rehabbed itself. And I didn't have to, you know, go under the knife and have the surgery. And I know there's a time and a place for that. Don't get me wrong. But I thought this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for people to to learn this methodology and and understand that their body really is their gym. And they don't have to go to the gym. They can uh, use their body as their gym to build muscle, shed fat, and it doesn't put stress on their joints, tendons, or ligaments, but also for the preventative or also in the healing uh, modality of this philosophy and program as well. And so honestly, it was a process on some level, but I was also very determined. And mm. um, I'm, I'm one of those that I don't like to be you know, held down too long, <laughs> right? whether it's right. being sick or, you know, a right. shoulder injury. I, I can't handle that. <laughs> right. Do you think you were born with that determination or, mm. or where does that come from? I think so. I'm very competitive and I've mm-hmm. always kind of been that way. I was kind of the, the tomboy of my neighborhood. I, you know, played with all the boys and, uh, you know, I'm talking about tackle football, like, don't don't treat me like a girl. I'm going to play with the guys. I didn't like to play with dolls and the, and all that. I was just really more of a tomboy. And so I don't know if that was kind of part of it or if my, I don't know, my mental wiring is a little bit that way. But also my dad uh, was a Marine. He was pretty tough. I was firstborn. He wasn't so tough on my sister, I might say. But since, as a firstborn, I was definitely, you know, there were lots of rules and, and the expectations. And so I really wanted to to be that that perfect little girl for my daddy, right? And so I think part of that was just trying to to be in a place of getting an atta girl. Mm-hmm. If you want to know the truth, right? How often right. does that happen? We just want to have that that reassurance that we're loved and accepted. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure we have lots of listeners on who maybe even right now they're going through some kind of trial or difficulty. Um, what would you say to somebody who's maybe struggling with feeling that sense of determination? Maybe they are feeling discouraged. Maybe they are feeling bitter, whether it be at God or or maybe mm-hmm. they're angry at themselves. How would you encourage them to get up and start to reach for better? Yeah, I always say that it starts with the F word. And that usually perks up people's ears. And the F word means forgiveness. The Mm. F word is what unlocks the door to health and healing. And I'm talking Mm. forgiveness of of maybe how you've treated yourself or how you've not treated yourself, or even forgiveness of how others have treated you. And when Mm. you have gone through that full-on surrender and and having that forgiveness um, uh, place in your mind and in your heart, Man, it, it's it's amazing what you can get done with with God's help. I mean, God is the one that has forgiven us, right? And so, for us to hang on and harbor these these toxic emotions, our our body knows what we're thinking. Our body knows how we are 
feeling, and I'm talking at the cellular level, and it sets mm. us up for a place of disease, dis-ease in the body. And so we have to get our mind right. We have to get our emotions right. And it really does start with forgiveness and deciding that we're not going to stay in a low vibrational frequency of an emotional state of being and instead be in a state of of high frequency like joy and and happiness mm. and, and that yes. kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. Ugh, I love that so much. So if somebody's sitting, let's say somebody's in their car right now, they just heard you say you have to start with the F word, uh, which I didn't know where you were. I assumed you were, you, were knowing you that this is a, a faith-based uh, a faith-based show here. But yeah. uh, uh, where do you even start with with forgiveness? What what does that mm. look like? Yeah, it, it, it comes... Uh, it looks like being authentic and real with yourself first. You got to get you got to get real. You got to be like willing to accept the truth, the hard truth. And love yourself where you're at, right? Like it might be ugly right now, but when you can start to acknowledge and see where you're at or see the situation that you're in and start to understand how you can put up healthy boundaries with others or with yourself, it'll start to change the trajectory of how you're going about living day by day. And um, that's what I would say. Just just start with, with where you are today and give yourself grace, but also just being honest and raw and real with where you're at. I love it. That is incredible. And I, I really do hope that people that are listening will take action on this because I completely agree with everything you're saying. I think forgiveness is so often the starting place and it's so life-changing. It is. Now, obviously you have such a background in, in fitness. Just tell us a little bit, some of the accomplishments that you've had. I'll give you the opportunity. I'm sure, you know, I know even talking to Todd, he doesn't like to toot his own horn a little bit, right. but just so our <laughs> listeners can really understand, you know, who's sharing some of these mm-hmm. things. Yeah. What are some of the things you've accomplished in your career? Well, I wouldn't say that I've accomplished them. I think uh, it's with uh, God and me that we've accomplished this because honestly, I, I couldn't have done half of the things that uh, that have happened in my life. I just give him all the glory. But he, you know, I've had a, a I, I say nationally syndicated television show, but it's actually um, all across the globe. And it's just been a gift. It's been amazing. And I would have never thought I would have ever done that. But it's been airing for over nine years on mm. National Religious Broadcast, Uplift TV, uh, Liftable, there's all these different networks that it airs on, reaching people that I could have never reached before. I was Coach Wendy for about eight and a half years on KTIS Radio and reached quite a few people there, which has just been a gift. Um, written books. I have a podcast. Um, I've, I've spoke at many incredible events. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to talk about yourself like that, but it's <laughs> it's been a gift. Everything I've, I've done has just been that next stepping stone. And I feel like it's just been divinely appointed. The alignments have been, yeah, just set in place. And I've just walked through it, even a little scared. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's I guess I just really want people to know the expertise and the the level that you're speaking from because I think a lot of times people, you know, are sharing different things about fitness and they're they're talking about different things, but to really mm-hmm. have you on here as a true expert, I think that brings a lot of credibility to maybe some of the other things that we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I, you know, <laughs> here I am saying I don't want to my own horn, but since we're talking about fitness, I have taught at over eight or nine years worth of health immersions, 
I've been coaching women for the last 20 years. I've been in this space for a long time, and I've seen the power of, of change. I've seen what what it can do for someone's life and the ripple effect that it creates, not just for them, but for their family, their community. It, it's just, it's amazing when you um, get to experience, it's, it's very humbling, really, when you get to mm. see someone do the very thing that you know that works and apply it and for it to create that ripple effect in their, in their network. It's pretty cool. That is cool. So sometimes, a lot of times you hear people talk about, well, you need to find your why and, and what's important to you. And I think that's so true. But sometimes I, with different friends that struggle with going to the gym or eating healthy, I don't know if they have a huge why. Like, I think sometimes a lot of people just get as far as, well, I want to look nicer when I go to the beach or I want to fit in these clothes a little bit better. But from somebody that's seen a lot of people transform in their their fitness and physical ability, what are some of the reasons why should somebody take their physical health seriously? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, the why actually is really important because if you don't know your why, you really will not be driven to make whatever that goal is or or it will never happen. It will never become sticky. It may happen, mm. but it won't be a lifelong, uh, you know, goal um, or attainable. Right. So mm -hmm. once you understand your why, whether it's I want to, uh, I mean, with my women, they're usually between the age of forty-five and sixty-five. Some of them are like, I just want to get on the ground and be able to play with my children without being sure. in pain. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, yeah. what's the bigger why? And so you really have to ask yourself, you need to take kind of that that onion, so to speak, and start to peel back the layers of like, okay, this is actually why. Okay, yes, I'm going on vacation. I want to look good in a swimsuit. But really, it's because um, I my, my confidence is really lacking. And why is my confidence lacking? Oh, because of this. So you start to peel that back, and then you find the real root you know, reason of that why and that let that propel you. And that that'll mm. keep that um, vision alive. And it'll keep you on a, a place of, of really uh, seeking out, you know, those next steps to reach your goal and to stay mm. steady. Is that typically the starting point? If someone comes to you and, and maybe they're not in a great place with their health, they're discouraged, they can maybe even depressed and, and some of those things, where do you start? Yeah, uh, we do start with our why. We start with our why. We start with vision boards. We start with getting people to see how they're actually thinking and um, kind of reverse engineer, like, why are you stuck in this place? Why do you do what you do? And then take that apart and say, okay, we've got these neurons in the brain that have wired together all these years. We have to actually sever that and create new neural pathways in the brain. So how do we do that? Well, you need to plan. You need accountability. And then um, over the course of repetition, it will stick. And so that's that's really what we do. But we have to uh, see what's the what are the triggers. And a lot of times it's those emotional triggers, right? It's like, mm. I felt sad today, or I was bored, or um, I was stressed, or, you know, whatever that, that, that keeps them reaching for a certain food that they shouldn't be reaching for or or not moving their body and they just sit on the couch and veg out and watch Netflix. So it's understanding mm. why they do what they do in order to change that. Mm. So what so I we hear dive you saying is, 
Yeah. So what I, I hear you saying is that our emotional state of being is is so closely linked to our physical state of being. And huge. Yeah. I'd like to get your opinion on this. I remember watching a weight loss TV show. I can't remember if it was The Biggest Loser or something. And um, they were talking about how oftentimes people that struggle with overeating, they could kind of link it back to some kind of trauma in their life. So, you know, a parent got divorced when they were in middle school or, or something. Oftentimes yeah. they could kind of track that overeating um, back to a certain time in life. Is that something that you've seen with the people you work with? Oh my goodness, Caleb, 100%. I, I mean, I can tell you story after story. In fact, I'll tell you one story. I had a gal that could not eat vegetables because as a young girl, now this is a woman that was in her late 60s and she hadn't had vegetables in 30 odd years. And when she was young, and I mean, she'd had them, you know, here and there, but she hadn't had them for a long, long time because every time she would eat those vegetables, she would gag. And it was Mm. because she was forced, like literally forced at the dinner table in an abusive way to eat her vegetables. And so we had to go through a process of that forgiveness and recalibrating her mindset around it. And it was, it was, um, it was tough work, but she did it. And it was pretty amazing. And we actually did some funny things like, okay, we're going to, we're going to act like a kid here. And we're going to hold our nose just like a kid would whenever they don't like a vegetable. And so we did that. And then we, we just kind of did different, um, you know, forms of, of modalities that, that worked for her, but we laughed about it. We cried about it. Um, but she just needed to know that someone was there with her and, and saw her and understood her and that she didn't, that she wasn't weird or, you know what I mean? Um, because some people are coming from such a place of, of brokenness that they just need to be healed in the heart first. And then it'll, it'll change the way they're thinking about things. And because right now it was a neurological association, right? Vegetable Mm -hmm. abuse. And that just made Mm -hmm. her like physically gag. So we just had to change that. We had to change the wiring. Wow. That's an amazing story. So I guess one thing that that caught my attention when you were telling that story, obviously, I'm a father of of three kids, and I, you know, make them eat their vegetables. So, how? <laughs> well, that's good, but as long as you're not shoving it down their throat. <laughs> yeah. How is uh, not to go too much down this bunny trail, but how as parents do you think we can train our children to? Sometimes we're training them to do things that they really don't want to do, and I think you know, I certainly don't want to cross that line of of making them feel like, okay, I always associate this good habit with some kind of pain. But at the same time, I want them to be really clear, you're not getting down from the dinner table until you eat your vegetables. Uh, How have you seen that outwork? Yeah, that's a great question. I think kids really do better when they're taught and, and they understand why. Like, why is this vegetable better than you know, this French fry, like what does it do to their body? So if, if you can make it a teachable moment and then you can also make it fun, right? Kids are all about fun. And so, um, I mean, you know, at the dinner table, I know that's not supposed to be always fun and games, but if they understood why, instead of you just have to, you have to eat your vegetables, but if they really understood, then that will start to lock in and and stick with them that way because it's a teachable moment and they'll learn that, oh, you know what? That really does make my body, if I eat the French fries versus the broccoli, it makes my body feel like, Bleh, you know, tired and lethargic. And, and if you kind of had some sort of teaching moment there, um, it, it puts a visual with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do instead of just 
pounding it in their head. You got to eat vegetables. <laughs> right, right. And that can be difficult as a parent. I know I can get yeah. into a, a pattern just with the busyness of life of do this, don't do that, as opposed to yeah. getting on their level, kneeling down with them and start yeah. to explain to them, here's why we do these things. I'm not just kind of teaching rules and, and regulations without the vision behind it. Right. Because ultimately you want them to be able to make this choice on their own. Like when yes. they go to a friend's house, you want that, you know, you want them to say, oh, I remember dad told me that, you know, I think of like Popeye, right? When he eats his spinach, right. how you get the muscles. Right. So those are the kind of things that stick with a kid. It's like, oh, yes. if I eat my broccoli, I'll be strong and I'll have energy. You know what I mean? Yes. You know? Something like that. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, I could think of my mom telling me not to read a book without uh, enough lighting. And I just remember I was, I don't think she tried to scare me with it, but I remember feeling terrified of I'm never going to do the flashlight thing with my book because my mom told me that it will hurt my eyesight and I want eyes. good eyesight. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that's stuck with me my entire life since she's told me that. So I think that uh, that's really true. One of the challenges that I see with trying to help people want to better themselves is I see a lot of people that don't have very high self-esteem. And again, you can oftentimes track this back to, you know, if they haven't been shown love, even from an early age, or if they haven't had enough love in their life, even if they know something is better for them. I think I see people that they don't necessarily care for themselves. They don't, they haven't started from that place of, I actually want to do things that are, are good for me. Um, yeah. How do you handle it when, when you can tell that somebody just needs love? Like that's really the main thing that they need. How do you as a coach start to give that to them? That's a great question. You know, first, again, I love them where they're at and there's no mm. judgment. We start yes. with just the basics. But sometimes, you know, people aren't in that space because they um, have used food as a as a defense mechanism um, so that maybe they won't be attractive and um, be set in a certain situation again. You know what I mean? Um, like maybe a rape victim or whatever. So there's different layers of it all. So you really have to build trust with that person and and let them know that uh, you know as a coach that's that's my biggest thing is trust and that we can work through this together and there's no judgment here let's just be honest and raw and and get through this i've i've had so many women that have just been hurting so deeply caleb like i can't even explain it i mean i can but it makes me want to cry because there's so many that have just not loved themselves as the way God loves them. And that's my goal is that they would see themselves through the lenses of God's eyes and not their own and go through that healing process. And, and it, it takes time. It takes time. But once it clicks, once, I mean, we, there's several exercises that we do in my seven week program that, that takes you through this, um, um, path, but there's so many, but once it clicks, it's amazing how you start to feel your body better. You start to move. It's like everything starts to come into motion. Once you really see yourself for who you are and as a child of the most high and, and really receive that. Right. And that's, that's the big piece and be drawn closer in an intimate relationship with him. And, um, that's ultimately the big goal, because when you're in that space, 
then you you take care of yourself differently. You treat others mm. differently. It just all changes. So that's that's why it's so important that, to know that it's it, mind, body, and spirit is all intertwined. Right. So we have to do the work with all. Right. So I don't know if I even answered your question there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what you just said is the exact opposite of how so many people approach health and wellness is they start from a place of, I want love and acceptance, so I need to accomplish this or I need to get to Mm -hmm. this certain Mm -hmm. place so that I receive that love that I'm craving. Whereas what I hear you saying is, no, when you can learn to love yourself, when I'm not judging you, when you're not judging yourself, then you actually want to take care of yourself. Is that, am I hearing you rightly? Absolutely. Yes, you got it. You got it. Yeah, I think so many people are looking for the the validation and and they're not good enough and the perfectionism and and I have fallen into the perfectionism place myself. I get it. And I think it can be that can be easy to do if you're not careful. But it, it's really just loving yourself where you are and loving the person that you're dialoguing with, uh, my client or whatever, and just saying, "Okay, here's the one thing that we're going to do today." And it's not some big overwhelming, you know, thing that 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 they it makes them kind of paralysis of paralysis of analysis right they're just like oh it's too much it's just that one thing and then it's the conquer and layer approach so you get that okay then we do this then you do this so it's just getting to the basics and then building upon it and having a solid foundation absolutely but sometimes we have to you know tear down that uh <laughs> that building so to speak and then build it back up yes yes now, before when you were talking about, I heard you say three things that were really key to someone making lasting change. You said plan, accountability, and some kind of form of consistency. So once you have a plan and once you have accountability, then just doing it over and over again. Can you yes. speak to really any one of those three, whether it's having a plan, doing it with other people, or, or just doing it on a regular basis of, of how you've seen that be fruitful for people? Yeah, I'll I'll say we're going to go with plan because I think so often people have been given a plan, but they get sidetracked. There's there's some other little dangling carrot over on the side and they're like, oh, I want to try that plan. Oh, maybe I want to try that plan. Instead, just stick to the plan because the plan works, right? And I think so often it's just kind of human nature. We get bored. We want something new. There's there's all this stuff kind of being thrown at us that this works, this works. Well, no, a lot of things do work, but why right. deviate? Just stay on the plan. Stay on course. I always talk about how moderation kills momentum. And so if you are on that plan and that path and you start to deviate and you have a little moderate this or that, well, that's going to open up the doorway to so much more. And, and it'll take you off your path. And then you go to that next plan because you assume that that other plan didn't work when really it was you that wasn't working the plan. And so that's so important, whether you're talking about health and wellness, whether you're talking about, you know, your financial plan, whatever it is, it, it's it's just important to stick with the plan. <laughs> but Wendy, and, and it's consistent. so much easier to pick a new plan rather than to actually make changes. Well, yeah, what what is easier is to have the excuse that that yes. didn't work instead of stepping up and doing the hard stuff that it takes in order yes. to get where you want to be. And so and I, yes. that was kind of harsh, but that's just kind of how I think the average person rolls like, ah, you know what, that didn't work. Got to try something else. And really, it's just do the hard thing because mm. 
that will get you to where you want to be. Yeah, it's the plan's fault. It's not my personal responsibility yeah. <laughs> that I need to take. Yeah. Right, and right, right. I think when it comes to health, most people know that, you know, natural food is is probably better for them than processed food. Most people know that they should do some kind of movement regularly. Why do you think many people don't do that? It doesn't seem to me like it's a lack of knowledge on some level. Obviously, you can always learn more about being healthy. But yeah, what do you think is the main thing that you see holding people back from just getting started and actually doing those things? Yeah, it's definitely not a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of worth. And mm. I'm that's a little harsh as I well. <laughs> but it, it's understanding your worth. And when you understand mm. your worth, then you will take the action and you'll know that, wow, okay, I am a very important appointment and I will pin myself in on my calendar. So it's flipping the script. It's like, okay, I this is my time, and this is when I prepare my meals for the week. This is when I go for my run or my walk or I, whatever. This is my time, and have those healthy boundaries around it because it's too easy for the day to run you if you don't have yourself scheduled. So again, it's, it's more of a worth uh, mm. situation rather than knowledge. Mm. That's so powerful. Prioritizing yourself even. Mm -hmm. Do you actually on your calendar write in, you know, Wendy appointments or or how does that look? Uh, On my my calendar, on my phone. Yeah. Like it'd be like workout here or yeah. I I mean, that's just what I do because I talk to Siri a lot. I'm like, hey, Siri, remind me tomorrow because every day for me is different. And a lot of people have a fairly consistent schedule. I do not. So I have to kind of like just keep marketing it in. But The consistency um, for most people is best. Like if it's a morning routine, keep it a morning routine. Mine's either morning or afternoon. It really depends on what my day brings with uh, media and that kind of thing. So in my coaching. Absolutely. So I want to switch gears here a little bit. Sure. Um, I'm really curious about your your faith background. Obviously, you've talked a lot about uh, knowing your worth. You've talked about the, the importance that faith has played into that. Where did that journey start for you? Well, gosh, I don't know how long this podcast is supposed to be, but (laughs) (laughs) we got time. Okay. So I was brought up in Texas and brought up in the Methodist church and my parents didn't go to church for the longest time. They dropped me off to the children's uh, youth activities because I had friends there and I wanted to go and they would, they didn't attend church, but then later in life they, they did attend more and then I wasn't attending. And anyway, I, I went to several, you know, church camps and gave my life to Christ when I was 12. I remember the time and I even remember my counselor's name. His name was Brad. I mean, I like, I remember the whole thing, right? After that, uh, I didn't have too many people holding me accountable. And then of course, you know, middle school, high school, just call. Yeah, it just went up and down, up and down. And I wasn't fully on path, even though I was going to church and still doing some of the things. I was not being a very good Christian. I was drinking, I was partying, I was doing all the things. I'm going to just share this here because why not? But I was married before. I have a son. He's almost 22. He's in the Space Force. He's amazing. Um, But we moved from Texas to Minnesota, and uh, we were married eight years and then divorced. And I was the single mom for eight years before I met Todd, my current husband. And that was a tough time, that eight years. And I really had a, an encounter with, with God that um, is undeniable. 
I had just come back from partying with my friends because I was trying to fill a void. And that was to be, I was just always a socialite and out. And it was so contradictory to what I teach with health and wellness, right? So I had that conflict going for a while. And so just trying to fill a void. And I came home one day, one night after being out with my girlfriends. And I remember my son was at his dad's. And I remember after I shut the door behind me, just the the silence was so deafening. I, I can't even explain it, but I just was about to go upstairs and I ended up dropping to my knees and I just cried and I cried out to God and I didn't know what to do. And I crawled up to my bedroom and I ended up staying in bed for three days and it gets really bad. Like I I was full on in a deep, dark depression, which that's not me. That's not who I am. I'd never been through a depression, didn't understand that. But I literally heard the voice of God and I heard, get up. And I thought there was actually a man in my room. It was that audible. And, you know, not everyone hears the voice of God in an audible fashion. In fact, that's the only time. And I just thought I was a little delirious. And I just shut my eyes again. And I heard it again. Get up. And I knew that I knew that it was the voice of God. And I dropped on my knees and I I repented and I, I just gave my life back to Christ. Like I still get teary-eyed when I share it because um, it was just such a special, beautiful, intimate time. And um, man, I haven't looked back since, but I was just reminded how much I am loved and the the path and the purpose that God has for me. And so I'm so grateful for that time. And I'm grateful that he was uh, willing to speak to me in that fashion. He knew how I needed to hear him. <laughs> so that's where it all changed. And that was, uh, gosh, 14, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. Thank you for for yeah. <laughs> sharing that with us. You're welcome. What did it look like after that? So God says, get up. And and what types of changes did you start making? Oh, boy. Well, I'm trying to think. Like immediately, I shifted my friend group. I'll tell you that immediately. That was really hard because these were good friends that I had in my life for a while. Yeah, I I shifted and I started seeking people in the church that I hadn't normally reached out to and building relationships there and being more intentional in that way and leading small groups at church. And in fact, when this even happened, I was leading a small group. So it tells you that in the church, there's a lot of people that are hurting and you may not realize. So that's my heart, those in the church that really need to know that they know that they know that they are loved and and that God loves them no matter what, and they can be healthy and healed. But anyway, so yeah, just start doing those small little changes and not doing what I was doing before, you know, not going out partying, not doing those things. Like it just repulsed me. And I started just diving into books. I, I just it would, would go to certain Christian conferences. Um, I don't know, just kind of a little bit here, a little bit there and um, I have a spiritual father, and uh, he's in Texas, and I really leaned in on him a lot. And he really was speaking truth to me and held me accountable on things, and that was really fantastic. He's in his 80s. And so, yeah, God is just good. Mm. He's merciful. Yes, he is. That is true. So I think even as I'm hearing your story, and I'm sure we could talk for more hours, I'd love to, you know, just hopefully as our friendship continues, I'll be able to continue learning about all the different things that that you've been through and whatnot. But oftentimes I've found that 
certain people, their life, it's like their life embodies a message. It's almost like God mm. has done outwork things in your life so that you can be a, a message to somebody else. Do you feel like your life has something that that is a message to people? Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's surrender to him, forgive, because that was a big piece of my thing. I had to forgive. And that's why I can speak so passionately about the F word <laughs> and understand its power. But yeah, surrender, forgive, and and to love yourself. Love yourself where you're at and, and be disciplined and take that intentional uh, massive action to get where you really do deserve to be to fulfill that calling that God has on your life because He created us before the world was ever in existence, and He has a big plan and a call on each and every one of our lives. And so if you ever feel like listening or watching, if you ever feel like, uh, I'm, I'm good for nothing. I don't have, you know, any worth. It's a lie. It is a lie. And so get around people that will speak truth, speak life into your life and get those unhealthy, toxic thoughts out of your life for good and start to live out the life that God really has for you. And that's what I would say that my message is, is to, to be a light, to mm. be life giving to somebody mm. else so that they can fulfill their calling and purpose. Well, that absolutely shines through both you and your husband, that sense of, yeah, of joy. You. And and you can tell when somebody has finally gotten to a place of not just at peace with themselves, but actually enjoying who they are. Like they're happy to yeah. be in their own skin. They're happy to be who they are. Then I feel like they're able to love others. And just watching mm. you interact with other people within the group, you could tell that because... In, in a lot of ways, because your cup is filled up, you're able to overflow into other people. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. Thank you. What is the best way if someone wants to connect with you? I know you work with a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. What are some of the different ways that people can work with you or connect with you? Yeah, well, you can always tune in to my podcast, the Visibly Fit podcast, and listen while you're taking a walk or working out or preparing those meals like we talked about. But you can also go to wendypet.com, and that's W-E-N-D-I-E-P-E-T-T.com. And I kind of have everything there. But if you're looking for um, like the seven-week Visibly Fit Accelerator course that I was talking about, where you're really ready to take massive action. Uh, you can go to getvisiblyfit.com and that's where you'll find all that information. But I'm on social media, you know, just just reach out uh, wherever you are. I probably am too, <laughs> whether I like it or not. <laughs> Lots of social media. Right. So that was getvisiblyfit.com? Correct. And I say it like get, but from Texas, right? It's get, oh. G-E-T. <laughs> Getvisiblyfit.com. Yes. Yeah. G-E-T. Uh, Excellent. Well, Wendy, it has been an absolute joy and privilege to have you on this podcast. I so appreciate you taking the time to uh, share your life story with us. Appreciate you so much, Caleb. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And to those of you listening, thank you for being here. Again, I'm your host, Caleb Spittler, and we will catch you next week on the next episode of The Chosen Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Chosen Podcast, powered by The King's Council. If you loved what you heard, give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also watch this podcast and much more on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash King's Council Coaching.